0: Good morning, church. It's good to be with you this uh, fine Sunday morning between Christmas and New Year's Day. Um, My name is C.J. Harp. I'm the campus minister for the Wesley Foundation at VSU. Go Blazers. Right? That's right. Go Blazers. That's right. There you go. Uh, But we're glad that you're here. Shannon and her and Drew and Mallory, they're out in Oklahoma. It's hard to say Oklahoma without singing the word Oklahoma. Uh, but she's out there visiting with her family and her friends during this Christmas season. In fact, she's probably watching right now. And uh, if she is, Shannon, hi. Uh, we're thinking of you, thankful for you. Um, but one of the things during Christmas season, because you know the 12 days of Christmas is a real thing. Christmas season goes until January through January 5th. So it's a season, right? And there's a lot that we do, there's a lot that we take in during Christmas. And a lot of that is the traditions that we have as families. I know many of you may be from out of town and you're in with your larger extended family and you might have traditions. Uh, Shannon might have traditions in Oklahoma. Matter of fact, Shannon, if you're doing, you're watching, why don't you post some of the traditions that you are having while out in Oklahoma? But for the Harp family, we, on Christmas Day, we will go to Waffle House and eat. We've done that for at least five years now this year we managed to shatter one of the plates while we were there and it went over the entire store Uh, so that was an experience a a shared memory that we'll have together as a family we go we like to go drive around town and look at the Christmas lights especially the one I forget the street but the the house that has its own musical light show y'all know what I'm talking about we go to that one every year we'll sit and park at that and And several other traditions. I know extended families when they come in, and there's a larger group. They'll have family kickball tournament or flag football, things like that. Um, But one of the things that we also do as a harp family. As after the kids go to bed during the Christmas season, on one of the nights, Emily and I will wrap presents for the kids while watching National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. (laughs) That is one of our traditions. And let me take a uh, step back. I don't do any of the rapping. Emily raps, and we, together we watch Nash Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Um, they there for moral support. Uh, but by show of hands, how many of y'all have seen the movie Nash Lampoon's Christmas Vacation? Right, the vast majority of you showing that it truly is a classic movie, right? Now, there is some crude moments, so there's some discretion there. But in Nash Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, You know, the premise is that Clark Griswold is seeking to put on the perfect Christmas family gathering. That's what he's trying to do. Uh, All the family comes in town, and that's his goal, but so many things go wrong. And in a comedic way, right, he creates solutions to the problems, right, over and over and over again. But one of the underlying tensions in the movie is that Clark is waiting for his Christmas bonus check to arrive, right? So he has an internal pressure, anxiousness nobody else knows about because he's gonna put in a swimming pool, right? That's the big Christmas gift is the swimming pool. But until that Christmas bonus check arrives, he doesn't have enough money in his account to cover it, right? So that underlying tension is building throughout the movie. But finally, right, the envelope arrives, And he opens it up and he receives a 12 month subscription to the Jelly of the Month Club, right? Which he loses his mind when he gets that. But his cousin Eddie, who joins him for Christmas, you know, he says, you know, Clark, that's, uh, that's the gift that keeps on giving the whole year round, right? The gift that keeps on giving the whole year round. I know. Anyway, and Eddie creates his own solution to the problem, and and things turn out fine for the Griswolds in the end. But that always stuck with me, you know, the jelly of the month, uh, 12-year, the gift that keeps on giving all year round. And as I was thinking about that and meditating on our scripture for this morning, I realized, came to realize that Christmas itself is the gift that keeps on giving all all year round. That's what, I want, that's what I want to teach us this morning. But before we dive into that, I want to give all of y'all the opportunity to share with the person next to you, given you, what you are going to get the most over the next few days the next week, when you go back to work, students, when you go back to school, when you bump into somebody while you're uh, shopping at the grocery store. And the question is, what did you get for Christmas, Right? You're going to get that over and over and over again. So I want you to take one minute, share with the person next to you, perhaps one of the favorite gifts you got this Christmas. So take 30 seconds apiece and share that. Go for it. shelf for your shoes alright alright let's bring that back together hopefully you all received a bunch of gifts it's hard to say what your favorite was I just asked Matt and his was a bookshelf no a shelf for his shoes right so you never know what a person desires as a gift for me it's the more practical the better Things I don't like to purchase, I love to receive those as gifts. So anyway, I'm glad you were able to get those gifts. Um, But this morning, as we go in and we're thinking about gifts, I want us to understand that Christmas itself is the gift that keeps on giving the whole year round. And I want to share with you briefly from Galatians, the fourth chapter, beginning in verse 4, going through verse 7. Listen intently to these words from Scripture. Scripture teaches... But when the right time came, God sent his son, born of a woman, subject to the law. God sent him to buy freedom for us who were slaves to the law, so that he could adopt us as his very own children. And because we are his children, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, prompting us to cry out, Abba, Father now you are no longer a slave but God's own child and since you are his child God has made you his heir that's a lot of good stuff in that scripture isn't it and, and truth is there's a lot to unpack but I want to take a step back for a second and, and just look at Galatians a little bit as a whole because Paul is writing this letter and one of the reasons he's doing that is to refute a false teaching which is pretty much why every letter in the Bible is written Is to correct something that's been taught wrong But Paul's addressing a group called the Judaizers And one of the things they're doing To the church of Galatia is coming back around After Paul's been teaching and growing disciples And they're coming back around and saying no, no, no You have to become a Jew before you can become a Christian That's essentially what they're saying You have to practice Jewish laws customs, traditions in order to take the next step to be a Christian which isn't true right? that's not true so John, uh, Paul is writing that uh, to, to refute that false teaching because what they're essentially saying you gotta become a Jew, you gotta practice do all these things, follow these laws to be. that essentially defeats the purpose of Christmas right? um, so Paul is refuting that and one of the things, and I see this pretty often, and if you find yourself here this morning at church and you're thinking, you know what, I'm here, I've been coming because this is where I can go to get on a path to becoming a better person, right? Becoming a nicer, more well rounded more respectful, a little bit morally better so that you can earn your way to being accepted by God, I want you to know that that is false thinking. That is not what this is all about at all. It's good to become a better version of yourself, I suppose. uh, But that type of thinking is wrong. Um, To be accepted by God is to humble yourself, surrender your life to God, trust in the work of Jesus. I love that the cross is so prominently displayed place your trust in his work, receive God's spirit that can transform you as you participate with God's spirit, transforms you more and more into the person God wants you to become, which is the best version of yourself. That is right thinking. So Paul is refuting this, you got to do these things in order to be Christian stuff. He's refuting that. So in the letter he's addressing that. So he's tackling that issue, the nature of salvation, the freedom that we have in Christ, And truth is, our reality towards sin, both before and after Christmas, which takes us back to our scripture. In verse 4, it said, But when the right time came, God sent his son, born of a woman, subject to the law. When the right time came. Other translations say, at just the right time. So one of the things I've been learning more and more as I've grown and matured is that God's timing is perfect. You know, perhaps you've heard that phrase. People throw that out, and you got to trust God's timing on this. God's timing is perfect. It's true. Uh, I turned the big 4-0 a few weeks ago. It's a big. It's a big birthday. Uh, but in doing so, I'm still I'm young. I'm so young. But in doing so, turning 40, I took more than usual time to reflect on life and all that has transpired and I just have more to look back on and in doing so it became clear to me that God's timing is perfect and I saw it um, in my relationships I saw it in vocation opportunities I've seen it in things that have occurred within the ministry settings at Wesley I've seen it in personal desires being fulfilled I've seen it. I can't explain it at all, right? I can't explain how God's timing is perfect. I can only attest to it, right? Um, So join me in continuing to pray and trust God's perfect timing in your life. Keep praying into that. Christmas came at just the right time. God's timing was perfect in that. At just the right time, Christmas came. And so what I want you to do with me for just a moment is to close your eyes and try to visualize the manger scene, the nativity. If you can concentrate on that, um, whether you're seeing Mary and Joseph, the wise men, the shepherds that have come, the angels, the livestock, the sights, the smells, perhaps all that has transpired and they've all gone and what's left now is Mary holding baby Jesus and what you're visualizing is Christmas and it is a momentous because the gospel has been set into motion on earth you can open your eyes what you've seen, what you've visualized especially with Mary and Jesus there, is that Christmas is what you see. And it is a momentous occasion. Right? Because with it, the gospel has been set into motion on earth. The time is now. Christmas has come. The baby Jesus that, is, that you might have visualized in the manger was sent by God is the son of God born of a woman both those things are extremely important that's why Paul is highlighting that God sent his son, Jesus is the son of God, fully God born of a woman fully human that's the mystery of our faith but Jesus in his reality is still subject to the law Which all of humanity has failed to live up to. Jesus comes and fulfills it in every way. That's a powerful thing. Verse 5. God sent him to buy freedom for us who were slaves to the law. So that he could adopt us as his very own children. God's heart towards us is to adopt us all as his children. That's why Jesus came. And Jesus, with his sinless life, is able to buy our freedom from the bondage of sin and all that it entangles, including its eternal consequences. The sinless life of Jesus is able to buy our freedom from sin. See, the gospel has been set into motion at Christmas. Jesus was born so that you and I might be born again. That baby Jesus that you visualized in the manger is going to grow and mature and later teach that same truth, that I was born so that you might be born again. He teaches that in particular to a guy named Nicodemus In the third chapter of John And I want to share with with you briefly for a moment So Jesus At this point he teaches in in the third third chapter of John He says there was a man named Nicodemus A Jewish religious leader Who was a Pharisee After After dark one evening He came to speak with Jesus Rabbi he said We all know that God has sent you to teach us. Your miraculous signs are evidence that God is with you. And Jesus replied, I tell you the truth, unless you are born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. What do you mean? exclaimed Nicodemus. How can an old man go back into his mother's womb and be born again? Jesus replied, I assure you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and the Spirit. Humans can produce only human life, but the Holy Spirit gives birth to spiritual life. So don't be surprised when I say, you must be born again. So in that passage, Nicodemus, he goes from being on point to being completely oblivious he is on point in in saying Jesus you are sent by God to teach us that is on point Jesus was sent by God to teach the way of the kingdom of God and to enable all of us to participate in it so he's right he's on point that Jesus was sent by God But when Jesus turns around and actually teaches Nicodemus, Nicodemus is oblivious as to what Jesus is trying to say. Completely oblivious. He's like, what are you talking about? How can an old person go back into their mother's womb and be born again? That's ridiculous. Now, Scripture says that Jesus responds, but I can't help but wonder If Jesus took a deep, deep sigh before he responded to Nicodemus. Or in today's world, if he would have sent one of those face palms, right? One of those. Because Nicodemus was on point and then he was completely oblivious. Um, And Jesus tells him humans can only give birth to humans. But the Holy Spirit gives birth to spiritual life, right? To be be born again is to experience a spiritual new birth. It's not a physical new birth. It's a spiritual new birth, a spiritual renewal that takes place when you place your trust in the work of Jesus, allow God's Spirit to come into your life, right? God's Holy Spirit makes you anew. That's what it means to be born again. And Jesus made that possible. Christmas made that possible. Jesus was born so that you might be born again. And hear this, you must be born again. That's the weight of the gospel. Verses 6 and 7. And because we are his children, God has sent the Spirit of his Son into our hearts Prompting us to call out, Abba, Father. Now you are no longer a slave, but God's own child. And since you are his child, God has made you his heir. And because we are his children, right? See, this is where I believe, in a special way, Christmas becomes the gift that keeps on giving. Because again, Christmas is that momentous occasion, right? that has brought the gospel in motion on earth, which is going to make way the possibility for us to be adopted as the children of God. Because we are his children, that should make you smile. That should bring joy to your heart. Because we are his children, because we are his children, it's like the gift that keeps on giving, you're constantly, each and every day, able, because of Christmas, right, to open the love of God in your life, to experience that uh, the freedom that God gives you, for the forgiveness of your sins, the grace of God, right, the peace of God, the peace of knowing that you are not God, right, the confidence of knowing that you're part of the family of God and all that that entails, and on and on and on. You're always opening that gift. It never ends. Matter of fact, the gift is eternal life, which literally lasts forever. It's the gift that just keeps on giving because we are his children that's a joyous thing that Christmas made possible so church when someone asks you what you got for Christmas you can smile and know in your heart that you got the the gift that keeps on giving amen I want to share with you a few next steps this morning to take with you One is, as we think on that passage, one next step for you might be to no longer be a slave to the law, no longer be a slave to the mindset that you have to do all these things to earn God's acceptance in your life. If you think that way, you are enslaved to that thinking. Instead, be a child of God. That is the gift that is extended To humble yourself, surrender your life to God Place your trust in Jesus and his work That could be a next step for you I see it all the time uh, With with college students stuff Where the light bulb just goes off It's like wait I have been a slave to that I want to be a child of God And that's what it looks like Another next step might be To trust God's perfect timing in your life At just the right time God does what God does it's part of our faith. And I know we all have different things going on, decisions, and things we want to see. And my appeal to you is to pray, acknowledge, tell God you trust Him with the things going on and God's timing on stuff. So that could be a next step for you. Another next step could be this breath prayer because we are His children. If you could pray that to God, As you're going to work, um, in whatever ways you go about your day, a prayer you say under your breath, because I am his child, because we are his children. And let the reality of that sink in, that God's heart towards you is to adopt you as his own, and all that goes with that, um, again, that's a game changer. Just acknowledge that over and over, because we are his children. So those are a few next steps uh, for you to take with you as you continue to celebrate this Christmas season let's pray together Father in heaven God thank you for this morning thank you for the opportunity to gather to celebrate you King Jesus and the beauty of the gospel the mystery of the gospel Jesus that you are sent by God born of a woman subject to the law fully God, fully human but God, in your sinless life you made a way to purchase us to buy our freedom from sin thank you for that gift we are so grateful for and God, I pray that as we leave here, God, we would leave here with the confidence confidence of knowing that because we are your children everything changes Christmas changes everything. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen.